Welcome, everybody, to the newest edition of Quick Time, the podcast. It's Brandon Anderson again, Once joined once again with Jason Ward. Jason, how's it going? It's it's going good. Going good. A lot of racing to talk about tonight. Yeah, definitely. It's been a busy week this holiday weekend. Uh, what did you do for the holidays? Did you uh, make it out to the tracks, or did you stay at home like me? Stayed at home, watched a lot of, uh, lot of split screen on the streaming. So it was a lot of racing going on, a lot of racing going on around here. But uh, I stayed home for the holidays. Um, got pretty inebriated Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wasn't, wrong with that. Yeah, I wasn't feeling like I wanted to go anywhere Saturday, and uh, was uh, set off a lot of fireworks. Probably watched the biggest fireworks show that's ever gone on in my neighborhood. So your uh, your neighborhood was like the streets of Baghdad, like, it, like mine was. Yeah, it was it was lit up, but strangely enough, it was everybody was like all abiding within the law i mean as soon as like 11 o'clock hit and midnight hit it was done yeah that's kind of basically what happened here i mean i know the couple houses up the street they probably had like three grand worth of fireworks oh yeah just based on their trash pile uh the next morning so (laughs) then we had a trash can on fire a couple houses down from the street what's fourth of july without a trash fire no i mean i guess uh like the year before we moved in this house i guess uh an artillery shell went our neighbor's garage and uh started that on fire so like I said, Streets of Baghdad's around here. Yeah, I, I totally went away from anything that uh, shot like tons of shots because I had like three years in a row I've had it like flip over and start shooting at me. And then bought some stuff and my wife bought some more things and they included things that shot a lot. So fortunately, <laughs> no incidents. So we all have our fingers and all our toes, right? Yes. Yes. Nothing sounds like America sounds like America like blowing up a part of your country. <laughs> That's so right. Um, today on the podcast, we are going to have Trevor Grossenbacher. He is the current points leader at Eagle Raceway after his victory on Saturday night. He's also the defending track champion out there. It's going to be great to hear from Trevor. He's got a lot to tell us. Uh, we got a lot of questions for him, so I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. So uh, let's jump into shout-outs. I want to jump in, and uh, I want to shout-out Jason Danley. He's one of the veterans out on the circuit now. Uh, he had two second-place finishes this week at US 30 and Eagle Raceway. So both times he raced this week in second place, so... Having a fantastic year. Yeah, it's, Jason. It's good to see him running good. Yeah, Jason's having a great year. I mean, him and him and I, I believe it's his nephew, Joey. Uh, they've been tearing up the racetrack around here well, a lot it, lately. So it, it isn't a racetrack around here anymore without a Danley there. I mean, Jason's been running close to 40 years, so it's it's good to see it. Yes, definitely good. Jason, uh, what about your shout-out? I'm going to give a shout-out to Mark Dobmeyer from Grand Forks, North Dakota, uh, occasional World Outlaw driver. Noted driver in the northern regions. Um, he was at Cedar Lake Speedway, racing with the World of Outlaws in Wisconsin, and uh, was battling for a transfer position. And it it looked like at the time just you know one of those racing deals. Guy turns over. Unfortunately, he just landed hard enough that it did some severe damage to his back, shattered a few vertebrae, fractured a few others, um, surgery, screws, the whole thing, and having a tough time recovering. And um, and if you want to help him out, uh, Steve King Foundation set up a fu- fundraiser for him, and you can uh, check that out, stevekingfoundation.org. Yeah, Steve King, the Steve King Foundation has been around for a while now. Um, 
unfortunately it came to of the passing of Steve King at Knoxville. But uh, they felt that a lot of drivers around here. I know they helped out Stu Snyder, Tad Holloman when he had a serious accident and they continue to help out drivers, which is really good. It's a great organization. I'm glad to see him helping out. And and Mark, it sounds like Mark could use it. He's got a lot. Uh, he's got a lot of recovery in front of him. Yeah, I mean, we were talking earlier before we started recording about some safety innovations that we could, you know, possibly come up with to help impacts like this. I mean, these are the strange ones where you just land f- flat on your frame rails and you do damage to your back. So, I mean, is there a way we could put some sort of shock absorber or some? foam or anything down well, there? Well, you know, and, and that's the thing, that, that seat is bolted in and it is so secured in for those 90% of wrecks where you need that thing to be bolted in. And, um, you know, to your point, Brandon, you talked about a hockey helmet that had a, a foam that, you know, increased, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, compressed harder. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's called 3DO foam. It's in our CCM hockey helmets. Um, basically, from my understanding, and I was way above my pay grade, so... The harder the impact, the tighter that foam compresses and absorbs the impact. So your soft little impacts, it stays nice and squishy. But when there's a sudden hard impact, it tightens up and absorbs that impact. Yeah, I think, you know, back way back in the day, I remember, you know, it was my job to, you know, take the upholstery out, clean up the, cur- clean up the cushion. And then, you know, eventually they stopped running with any sort of uh, seat cushion or anything like that, you know. And so I wonder if maybe it's time to look at that it, it barring any other mechanical solution i don't know what you do there if you put some sort of bumpers in the seats and then you gotta worry about the rigidity of the seats so it's we'll see but i i think maybe time to maybe put put some foam in there or something like that because these you know these types of incidents uh happen a little a little too frequently for my taste and it seems to be the same type of things so i wonder if they're just a way that it to help prevent that. Yeah, it's definitely, like I said, it's way above our pay grade, so hopefully uh, some smarter people than us can figure something out and try to help keep these drivers safer. I hope so. All right, let's move on. Like I said, it has been a busy holiday week with three nights of racing here in the area. Um, the SSN was at US 30, then US 36. Equal had a weekly show, then the URSS uh, made their debut at the Jefferson County Speedway in Fairbury, Nebraska. So let's start with Thursday night. Uh, 20 cars. There's a good car count up Not there. Not bad for Thursday. Uh, we had Invader Blake Robertson from California actually took the victory, followed by Jason Danley and Stu Snyder. And Friday night out, uh, Sprint Series in Nebraska went down to US 36 down in uh, Osborne, Missouri. 15 cars that night. Um, Joey Danley was the winner, Tyler Drukey second, and Stu Snyder for a big, uh, big run there. Kind of familiar names up front, but a great run by Joey Danley. Um, I believe he had motor issues Thursday yeah, night. Yeah, in Thursday night. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure what happened. I know yeah. he pulled the motor, switched it out, switched it out late night. The late night on Thursday, and uh, went up to US 36 and pulled off the victory. So that's yeah. pretty good for Joey. I was first one of the year, so maybe we have to get him on at some point. I know his uh, wife said uh, he's not a very good interview. It's one word, two word answers. So he might fit in great with this podcast. Ah, we'll find some for him. That's right. Then Eagle Raceway had a weekly show. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Trevor Grosserbacher picked up the victory. Jason Daly second. Tyler Drukey uh, rounded up the top three. 26 cars on a weekly show. It's pretty good out there. So uh, I'm glad to see they're maintaining a decent car count out there. I, I am too. And, you know, 26 cars, I, I don't want anybody to go back and say, oh, we had 40 cars back in this day and that day. Well, that was then. Yep. That, that wasn't the norm. And to have 26 cars uh, of sprint cars. You know, top level type of cars 
on a weekly show, that's a great thing. And I'm, I'm happy that, uh, you know, for anybody who wants to say otherwise, the, the 305 experiment's working. It's working just fine. Yeah, I mean, and that 26 cars also includes uh, some uh, guys traveled down to Jefferson County, which is only 40 miles away, something like that. So yeah. running the same night, 13 cars checked in at, the, at Jefferson County Speedway for the URSS. Jake Bubach pulled off the victory, and uh, another familiar face on the podium this week, Stu Snyder, second place. And Zach Blurton uh, ran at the top three. He also holds a track record out there. Uh, he was the fastest in qualifying. I do not have a time for that, though. But being the first time the sprint cars were out there, by default, he's a track record holder. You know, it's good to see. I, I always wondered what it would be like, you know, when I went there for first time to see midgets and see um, – and I thought, man, do they could they really fit sprint cars on there? Well, they found a way, and and really, it's it's a quarter mile, so it's it's a small track, but you know they can do it. And uh, it sounded like it was a pretty good, pretty entertaining show. Yeah, I, I texted uh, Jeff Cooley; he was out there uh, shooting photos um, while I was out here having a barbecue with the family and whatnot. So, asked him how the racing was. He said it was good, uh, a lot of side by sides racing. So that kind of surprised me a little bit because that place is pretty narrow, but. Anytime you can get two cars by each other, I mean, it should put on for a pretty good race. It's it's really, it's turned into a nice track. It's, it's a fun little track, and I'm glad to see it. You know, when we hear about all these tracks closing, it's good to see a track kind of growing and having more more events at it. Yeah, I know I know Cody Brewer, he and a bunch of group of guys, I mean, he's a, I would say he's a face, but they uh, put a lot of work in there, did some renovations, added some grandstands, they put a new scoreboard. Uh, redid the walls. I mean, they're f- turning that place into a top-notch facility for a small county fairground track. I love the uh, the midget show and uh, the the micros that run there. I mean, it's a perfect track for the micros, and it's it's a lot of fun there. And I I, I thought it was just cool. I, I just think it's a, it's a cool atmosphere, especially during the county fairs. And that now I don't know if they're holding the county fair this year or what how that's working, but uh, but it was fun when I went down there during the county fair. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, anytime you get to a, a racetrack that actually has a fair going on, it's always a good time. You get your uh, turkey leg, your corn dog, and some cotton candy, and it's a good time. And then go watch some races. That's right. All right, so uh, some news, hot topics. Uh, looks like Kyle Larson, he rolled into Pennsylvania and just kicked ass like he normally does. <laughs> it's, you know, it's hard to stop him. And he, I mean, there are guys that have beaten him. You know, Dan Dietrich, they've, they're up there. But when you... The guy can just walk into about any track and is the favorite there. I mean, last night, Wayne County, I think he ended up sixth. Yep, after starting 21st. 21st. <laughs> so he is human, folks. Yeah, yeah, but but quite the driver, though. And uh, it was good to see that. But um, the Pennsylvania Speed Week is something to watch. It's I, I finally got to watch it online, and it's it's something that I would really like to make a, a bucket list type of trip for that. Yeah, that Pennsylvania Speed Week uh, – Ohio Speed Week, ASCS Speed Week is always a fun one to watch. I wish I wish we had enough tracks around here that would take the chance and actually run a Speed Week tr- type deal here in Nebraska. You know, it's not like we don't have um, enough tracks to run that kind of event, and we could do it not only just in Nebraska, but if you were to add, say, you know, Shelby County or something like that. But between Eagle, Beatrice, Columbus, I eighty. I-80. I, I just I, I wish I could see it done. I mean, if you get four nights or come back and finish at one place, something like that, I would just I'd love to see that happen. Yeah, it's definitely not for a lack of tracks around here. I think it's just the time commitment because all our for the most part, all our races around here are just hobbyist. Yeah. So I mean, I think we would need to bring in a traveling series like the ASCS or something and 
to try to get those cars, at least get 15, 20 cars each night. So yeah, And you got to have something, you know, a, a touring series where those guys can run and show up and then locals to help fill the field. Yep, exactly. Uh, we mentioned earlier uh, the Outlaws were at Cedar Lake. Brad Sweet uh, picked up the two main victories. Uh, there was a, uh, a unique race format on Thursday night. They called it the Eliminated Race. It looks like Darren Pittman won that one. You watched it. What were your thoughts on it? I did not see it at all. It was the whole night really was kind of confusing. And I, I mean, I'm sure I could have just got online and read about it, but it all seemed a little bizarre. And, and see, they were doing the same thing with the World Outlaws late models, too. So you had two sets of qualifying for two classes because they went in time trial for Friday and Saturday night. They went up Friday, then ran late models, then did it again. And so each one did two sets of time trials. Or nights when they weren't even running. Yeah, see, they kind of do that at the World Finals, too. I mean, the first night is basically a time trial night. You get all your guys, late models, your modifieds, your sprint cars, and then they qualify for the Friday-Saturday show or whatever it is. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm I'm okay with that. I mean, it was our, I wish there was more racing in there. There was some, you know, qualifiers and to get to the Eliminator feature. It just, you know, it... I, and we'll talk about this later. You know, I'm not going to knock him for trying. The um, the race at the the World Outlaws race was interesting. It was kind of interesting to watch. Uh, you know, Brad Sweet had to start in the back, and so he made some moves up to the front, but ended up getting eliminated. And the way the way that worked was they started, I forgot, was like 20 cars, and they run them, and every five laps, the last four would get knocked out. And then they'd run another five laps, throw another yellow flag, next four. And then it ended up with um, the final group, once the, whatever it was, were knocked out, the 12 were knocked out, the last eight then would run for, I think, eight laps to determine the winner. And for the sprint car show, it, uh, it Pittman kind of checked out. He, he was pretty much running up front all night. Uh, the late mile show was really good. No, I'm not going to turn into a late mile show. But um, the late model race was pretty good. It came down to the wire. The winner ended up getting DQ'd. But it was the was same. Was it Bloomquist? No, it was not. <laughs> it was Ricky Weiss, and then he got DQ'd for someone with a quarter panel, and Kate Dillard ended up winning. So there you go. There's your late model minute. Some bitch. Late model race. Let's go, boys. <laughs> but um, it's, it was, you know, and so, but it kind of goes back to something we talked about last week. If you don't have a lot of cars, sometimes you forget it if the race up front was really good. Yeah. And the finish of that late mile feature was fantastic. And yet the finish of the world outlaws feature eliminator, whatever it was, wasn't, it, it was kind of ho-hum. And I know they interviewed Darren Pittman afterwards and he talked about how it was, it took a little bit. It was kind of hard with the brakes, you know, and it, it took some getting used to. And I, I think the, uh, one of the uh, late mile feature said the same thing. So I, I don't blame for trying, I don't know if I really got to watch it again uh, because, you know, they talked about, you know, a guy go out there and he basically ran, you know, nine laps if he if he got knocked out. So, yeah, I mean, that's eh, kind of a kick in the nuts right yeah, there. You, for, you show up and run nine laps. Especially for a big touring series. Now, if you want to do this as part of a bigger program, then fine. You know, that that's cool. But it was. I, I don't blame him for trying. Yeah, not at all. I mean, there's there's been a bunch of unique formats. I'm like – the big one that comes to mind was last year's BC 39 pursuit race. 
Not to mention it was fantastic race. At oh the yeah, end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got two cars flipping. You got Kyle Larson, you know, doing Kyle Larson things. You know, incredible stuff in a car. So yeah, and you know, those are things I like, and I and I do like the idea. You know, you talk about like the World Outlaws. They've people have been progressive about this. You got to entertain the fans, and and as fans, we are entertained by so many things. And those who are coming up younger too, they aren't necessarily about. You know, time trials, three heats, a B feature, an A feature, and that's how it, it's something to add excitement, add drama. And as long as, in my book, as long as the format is, I'll call it fair, um, That that's always, the guy that wins thought it was great, the guy that loses yeah. thinks it's totally unfair. But as long as it's something that, the fans can understand and the drivers understand. You don't have to tell them. You don't have. You know, they don't need a, a cheat sheet to know how the race is running. I'm all for. I'm all for trying it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, another thing, a unique thing that uh, I, we brought up, I, we couldn't even remember the name of it for the life of us, was the the pole shuffle. Yeah, I mean that was great to yeah, watch. King you, of the Hill type. Yeah, event. yeah. So I mean, you got two cars, two laps, winner advances. Yeah. And I, you know, and those are great things. And I really like, I like watching that stuff. It, you know, and by all accounts, you know, everybody was excited. And if you can do those things and the fans love them, then they become tradition. And that's, that's all right with me. Yeah, for sure. Um, little sad news. Uh, no use at I-80 this Thursday. Uh, they were scheduled to stop at the uh, 410 Smile on their way up to Knoxville, but it looks like the COVID has pulled up, pulled another one out from underneath of us. It's disappointing. It, that's a great track, and, you know, you get them on that big old track just running, and it's fun to watch the wingless cars on that on that track. Yeah, definitely. I mean, USAC, they don't come around here a lot, so it's, it's always nice when they do. No, that made me, you know, that's the one thing that uh, online streaming has done to me. It's made me envious for, for those guys to go yes. watch all those USAC races. Definitely. I mean, yeah, um, USAC is by far my favorite series that comes around here. So anytime they come around, I, I try my hardest to get out and, and check them out. So uh, hopefully they'll be back next year. Uh, like I said, they're on to Knoxville this Friday, Saturday. You can catch that on Dirt Vision or just, you know, make the three and a half hour trip up to Des Moines. Yeah, they got they got room. They're taking tickets. So yep. as long as it's under 7,000, they can do it. I, for one, will not be there. We have a graduation party to go to, so... So, yeah, once again, no racing for me this week. No, I, I'm not sure where I'm going yet. All right. With that being said, let's jump on the hotline and talk to Trevor Grossenbacher, last week's feature winner at Eagle Raceway. Yeah, you damn right. I got the out there. I'm fine. I just had to deal with my asshole uh, teammates. Deep I wasn't happy with me for crowding, but shit, I want to win. Hey, come here. Come here. Come here. Pisser. Piece of shit. All right, on the phone now we have Trevor Grossenbacher. Trevor is the current points leader at Eagle Raceway. He's the defending track champion and also last week's victory uh, winner, feature winner. There we go. I can spit it out. So, Trevor, how's it going, man? Good. How are you guys doing? Good, good. Uh, before we get started, I, I want to ask you, how's your dad doing? He's doing good. Uh, he went back to the track two weeks ago and getting all his strength back so he's doing good yeah good to hear good to hear so for those of you who don't know uh steve he was battling the, the uh old COVID. so it's glad to hear that he's back and back at the racetrack and uh gave him a nice uh little welcoming present uh saturday night picking up that feature win talk about your night a little bit yeah i was hoping to get a, 
uh, his first night back, but we'll do it a second night and be happy with it. So, uh, uh, the night started off pretty good. Uh, made it out of the heat race. It's tough to even make it out of the heat race anymore when you're starting, you gotta start last row and, and make it through the end of the invert. It's hard every week cause everybody's so good now. Um, so we barely made it through the invert and then started 11th in the feature and started moving forward really quick and knew I had a good car. And if I could get through there quick, I knew, uh, we could try and run away with it. And that's kind of what we did. And we had a caution with nine to go and I kind of seen who was behind me on the scoreboard and, and just went for it with the nine laps to go. And it sounds like, uh, we had a little bit of a lead at the end. Yeah, definitely. Was that a case where you just, uh, were doing the Trevor Gross and Vodka thing, ripping the high side or, uh, or did you have to run the bottom a little bit? I wasn't at the track, so, uh, I'm just going off by, uh, what you're saying yeah. basically. <laughs> <laughs> no, Roger, Roger had a really good track on Saturday. Uh, we ran the bottom and the top, whatever we needed to do to get through uh, traffic. And then kind of once I got into fourth, I think, the other guys were running the bottom. So I just started running the top. And and that's where I got the lead. So I kind of decided uh, on the restart, that's where I'm going to go. And if I get beat there, then that's my own fault. I didn't want to get beat running on the bottom. My wife yells at me when I get beat running the bottom. <laughs> yeah, so it's one of those things where I, I know for a fact that you live and die on the high side. So. Yeah, that's where I tend typically like to run. So, but our motors are running so good now; it's it makes running the bottom kind of fun too. I mean, if you can make it work there and pass some people, then it's just an added bonus. And the top usually is the fastest way around, but if you can pass people on the bottom. Your car's pretty good. Trevor, what's made you know? I know when the three hundred fives got started, there was, uh, you know, how, they're faster now, and, and like you said, the cars are so good. What has changed? I mean, obviously, you know, rules haven't changed that much. Um, what's changed since, you know, 305 started for you and, and to where you are now? I would say kind of the only thing that's changed, um, I mean, the competition has gotten so much better. From when I started in 2015, we had really good motors from Speedway Motors uh, racing engines. And we did really, really good the first year. We won a lot of races, and mm-hmm. we came from the back every week. And I th- honestly think it's just everybody that that moved up. It's they're getting better, they're getting more comfortable, and it's harder every week. I mean, you win one race, and it's it's a big deal. It's getting hard, especially when you got to start further in the back because you got guys up front that can win a race, and you got to run them down. So I think it's just the fact that everybody else is getting good. And, and their motors run good. And I mean, it's so the motors are, you can spend a lot of money on them, but the other people that spend half as much are still running, running just as good as you are. So, I mean, I think some of it has to do with longevity and the little bit, the more money you spend on it, they last a little longer, but it just seems like everyone's almost so equal now. It, it makes it even harder. And yeah, and they've had yet to have a repeat winner at Eagle this year. So, I think to your point, it's um, it, it the competition has improved. I mean, you could reach into a hat and probably pick out ten people that could win any any given night out there. Oh yeah, I think Eagles. I I think it kind of proves that nationals that we have one of the hardest racetracks to race in the country for competition weekly. So that's just a testament to the guys that are around here, the Midwest and uh, Rogers Track. I mean, it's it's fun and it's hard. Now you brought up the nationals a little bit. Does uh, running Eagle Weekly give 
do you feel that gives you an advantage when it comes time for the Nationals when all the the travelers come in? Definitely, I think it does. Um, you got your select good guys that can come in and win at any track their first night. Um, Kevin Ramey, Jake Bubach, them guys. But the other guys, I mean, just running here weekly, you do have a big advantage because you kind of know what the track's going to do. I mean, speaking for myself, we pretty much do close to the same thing every night for the feature. We kind of know what it's going to do. So, so yeah, you kind of have a a little uh, little bit of an advantage there. Trevor, let's. Um, I kind of want to go back and uh, talk about you know 2018 and your wreck, and um, and then coming in the next year and winning the point championship. Can you kind of take us through you know what happened between then? And what that meant to win that point championship, that kind of comeback, what that meant to you? Well, that's kind of what we set out to do. Um, every year I raced 305s, I had something going on. I was in a wedding. My son was in a wedding. So Who, who every gets year married I, during racing season? I exactly. want to know that first. Apparently a lot of my good friends. <laughs> yeah, I think you no, no one on my crew, though. No one on my crew. <laughs> All right, go back but, to answer uh, the question. <laughs> but no uh, – we we led points every year and unfortunately we mm-hmm. kind of had to give it up yeah. every year for missing nights so we were kind of 2018 we were going to go for it and then i i got hurt and sat out and that's when rick forbes got a hold of me on facebook and just kind of started talking to me about 305s and i thought maybe he was interested in racing one and so i was telling him what i thought about it and he's like well if i buy a car will you drive for me and I'm sitting at home. I'm like, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. You know? So we had all basically half the year to figure out what we wanted to buy. And we got a new motor and a car from Ryan Roberts and we put them together and we raced both cars. We kind of switched every other weekend. We ran his car and then we were in mine and, uh, it was a really good deal. And it took us, we were, we were good in it. We were consistent. We just didn't get a win in it until the last race of the year. That's right. After the points was all over, but I was happy to get one for him and then, uh, get him his second one, uh, last weekend. Yeah, definitely. It was a little confusing that first year when one week you're in a 35 next week you're in a 95. Thankfully the paint schemes were the, were the same. So, uh, us photographers can keep track of you. <laughs> yeah that that this year we're pretty much just running rick's car all the time um i'm waiting we're waiting to get a motor back so we only have one car right now anyways but if we race a couple nights a week when we get both motors we'll run probably mine on the out-of-town show and then rick's at eagles because he can come to eagle every week and his son and dad come so it's nice to, for them to be able to watch their own car out there yeah definitely um are you running for the points championship again this year or are you going to, you know, take a week off? And I, I believe I saw you enter the Belleville race. Is that correct? I went into this year, not planning to run for points. Um, kind of just go for it and kind of race where we want. We're going to race Eagle every week. Um, all my sponsors, that's kind of where they want me to run. So, but we did register for Belleville. I'd say I'm not running for points unless Belleville rains out. How about that? There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Trevor, what um, what other plans do you, are you um going to be looking maybe to get into a three sixty again or anything like that or uh, and you know and I'll I'll let me ask you one other question. Let's talk about uh, Tate Grossenbacher. He's starting to make his way up there. Uh, talk to us. Talk to us about him and what it's like to be uh, the father of a racer. 
I know. Well, now I now know what uh, my dad feels like every week. Uh, <laughs> he's got a he's got a bum wheel right now. He broke his ankle three weeks ago, so he only got a race two times this year, and he moved up a class and he's been doing good. But uh, he's been winning. He's last year he told me he's won more races than me, so I guess I got to step it up. But uh, no, he's 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 good and he's competitive, which I like. Um, I usually have to calm him down when he doesn't win. I'd rather have to teach him, teach him that than to be competitive. So, yeah, for sure. But, uh, Your wife must be a saint. She put up with the uh, uh, hurt racer a couple years ago. Now she's putting up with another one. So, uh, yeah, I kind of feel sorry for her. Yeah, well, she she knew what she was getting into when she married me. So, <laughs> but thankfully, she likes to spend her weekend at the uh, racetrack with Tate Friday and me Saturday and even more than that sometimes, but he's, he loves it and it keeps him out of trouble and he's competitive and we're hoping to get, uh, his cast off soon so we can get back to racing. Now, how long until a uh, micro shows up in your uh, garage instead of that cage cart? Oh, I don't know. He's pretty young yet. So we'll have to wait a few years to decide that. He says three years, but we'll see. We'll see, <laughs> see how much money he saves up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I believe you started pretty young in the junior sprints, so I mean, just might as well throw him in there and uh, see what he can do. Yeah, I was ten when I started, so he's got three more years yet. So, so he started racing a lot earlier than I did. I started racing bikes. He started something with a motor when he was when I started racing bikes. So, he's ahead of me. Yep, and that's probably why he has more feature wins than you do. That's right. That's what he thinks, anyways. So, <laughs> I, I'm sure he'll pass me someday. Well, I'll tell you, uh, it's great seeing you out there. It's great seeing you rebound. Um, always competitive. Uh, I. It's just, you know, I tell you one thing is it doesn't matter where you start. You are a threat to come up through. I don't know how many times we talk about hard chargers and started this or see your Facebook page and started 14th, 12th, 11th, whatever, and come up to the top five. So it's always entertaining watching you out there. That's what makes it so fun. I mean, Tyler Perry helps me and he's helped me for years. We're best buddies. And I don't even ask what he's doing to the car. I let him make all the choices and very, very rarely am I ever coming into the pits unhappy with him. So, so he gives me a good car every week. He knows what he's doing and makes it a lot easier on me. So, so thanks to him and my dad and Ben and Scott for helping me and my mom, my wife and Tate for coming out every week and putting up with me on the bad nights. And then having fun on the good nights so yeah i mean the bad night uh, having those bad nights makes those good nights even better so uh want to thank you for jumping on with us uh continue success and uh we'll see you at the racetrack i appreciate it guys enjoying the new podcast all right that was trevor grossenbacher we want to thank him once again for jumping on with us uh like you said he enjoys the podcast so if you do uh the best thing you can do is uh share it out tweet it uh at quick time pod check out our facebook quick time podcast uh yeah so uh make sure you share it out definitely get that out there we love hearing back from you and and by all means send us some feedback love to hear how it improved things you want to hear about so tell us how shitty it is so yeah yeah we'll take the hate mail too so that's all right all right so with that being said jason you got plans this weekend or uh, uh still up out? in the air still up in the air we'll have to see what's going on it is my wife's birthday weekend so it will probably not involve any uh any going out for raising yeah make sure uh happy wife happy life so that's right that being said once again i'm not going to the racetrack i my brother graduated high school so we are actually going down to carney and uh gonna celebrate with him a little bit and uh my 
sister dropped some big news on us today. Uh, she got engaged. So uh, wow. she's going to drop that on the rest of the family uh, on this weekend. So uh, interesting to see what happens with that. So uh, once again, thanks for everybody for jumping on, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you.